This is Dave, and I'm here with Ethan, and together we are Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 120-inch. On this week's episode, it's part one of our interview with actor Sam Levine, known for everything from Freaks and Geeks to Inglorious Bastards to the Kevin Pollack Chat Show. It's Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast about Weird Al. Seriously, the whole podcast is about Weird Al. You don't have to listen, but we're glad you are. Welcome to episode 120 inch, Ethan. Now that is an impressive 10 feet. Wow, how awesome. Happy 10 feet, Dave. Wow, 10 feet. That That's like as long as a football field, isn't it? Not an American football field, eh? Well, yeah, I meant a Canadian football field, eh? Ah, yes, eh? You are correct then, eh? How much fun was it to talk to the Twineball mayor himself, Josh Johnson, last week? That was really pretty stinking majestic. I learned so much about Darwin and Francis A. Johnson and the Twineball. I totally cannot wait until we take our inevitable road trip out to Darwin, Minnesota. Oh, man, me too. That is going to be so much fun. I've already started stocking up on Spider-Man comics and Diet Chocolate Soda. And Dave, before you ask, I already have plenty of pickled wieners. Very good. I'm glad that you stocked up on those early. You know there's always a high demand for pickled wieners. Of course. Well, I really hope that Mayor Johnson and everyone else who attended the Twine Ball celebration last week had a credibly fun time. Oh, well, I'm sure they did. I mean, who doesn't love sand volleyball, beanbag tournaments, and of course, fun but unsanctioned kids pedal tractor pulls. Oh, they must have had a blast. You know, my favorite part from last week's episode was when Mayor Johnson said that there were no hard feelings against any other big twine balls, and then he proceeded to badmouth the Ripley's one. <laughs> yes, and, and of course, <laughs> while he said there were no issues with the neighboring town of Dassel, Minnesota... We all know what's really going on. Well, we got a lot to get to on our big 10-foot episode this week, so let's check out what's going on in This Week in Weird Al Related News. First up, we want to wish our good friend John Bermuda Schwartz a very happy birthday. That's right. Today, Wednesday, August 18th, is John Bermuda Schwartz's actual birthday. So from all of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, we want to wish a very happy, pretty stinking majestic birthday to our friend Bermuda. Yes, indeed. Happy birthday, Bermuda. Ethan, what did you get Bermuda for his birthday? Well, actually, I didn't get him anything. You didn't? Well, remember, we went in on a group gift instead, Dave. Oh, yeah, yeah, that's right. All of us here at Dave and Ethan's 2000's Weird Al podcast, we chipped in and we got Bermuda a pretty stinking majestic birthday gift. That's right. In honor of Bermuda's birthday, this Friday, August 20th, we will drop the first two episodes of our Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episode series for the cheapskates, uh, I, I mean, for the general public. 
This is the book series where we sit down with author John Bermuda Schwartz and we go picture by picture through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over, the Lost Photographs of Weird Al Yankovic, 1983 through 1986. And the first two episodes that are dropping this Friday, they cover the overview and the introduction as well as Chapter One Ricky Video Shoot. These episodes were designed to be fully immersive, so we highly recommend that you have your books open and you follow along with us as you listen to each episode for the best experience possible. Yeah, maybe put on a pot of tea, grab your headphones, and sit back in your favorite chair while you listen. A pot of tea? Really? What? I like tea. Well, anyway, I'm really excited for Friday. I cannot wait for everyone to hear these episodes. You know, Dave, we learned so much talking to Bermuda. And, of course, while we go into a lot of detail about every photo and really every inch and centimeter in the book, we also are just talking to Bermuda for a long time about a lot of other details about his life and Weird Al's career. And we cover things that most interviews don't really dive as deep into as we do. So... I think even the most diehard Weird Al fan will pick up a few things they didn't even know before. Okay, Ethan, you got me even more excited now about these bonus episodes. How about just a little sneak peek, a random clip maybe? Oh, well, sure, we can do that. We'll have Frank play just a completely random clip from a completely random episode. You know, it's not like we specifically had Frank pull out this specific clip just to specifically play right on this specific episode. It's completely random. Yeah, sounds good to me. Let's take a listen. And to comment on, you know, having no captions, and, you know, we do lose a couple names and that kind of thing, but I think that's what's really good about what we're doing right now is the folks that you do know, and, and we do have stories about, they get to be told. So just one more thank you, Bermuda, for sitting down with us. This is a great experience. Oh, what well, well, you are welcome. I'm glad I have a chance to... Uh, I mean, you know, it may surprise... The listeners out there, I don't sit at home thumbing through the book. I mean, this is <laughs> this is a chance for me to look at the book in a way that that uh, I really haven't done. I mean, because I was sort of part of the process of seeing all these photos in the first place, and once the book came out, it's like, yeah, you know, it's, now it's all culminated, and I got a book. You know, that's that's great. And I really didn't sit down and thumb through it, you know, as if I was seeing it for the first time because it wasn't. So I'm doing it now, you know, like I'm seeing it for the first time. And uh, again, and uh, it's it's very cool. And I'm seeing the things in here that you guys are seeing now that that I didn't see before. And you're pointing things out, and it's like, geez, I no, I never saw that, you know, I never realized that, or I never, you know, the the fire extinguisher sign without the fire extinguisher. <laughs> now we know where the fire extinguisher went. <laughs> I never noticed that. Wow, that completely random clip from a completely random episode was pretty stinking majestic. I can't agree with you more, Dave. Now, we were literally talking to Bermuda for hours and hours recording these bonus episodes. And, Dave, we really think that the insights about the book and the tangents about Weird Al and his career are really some of the best content we've released. So we just cannot wait for you to hear it all. Ethan, did you know that we always post all bonus episodes early on our Patreon page at patreon.com slash 2000inch? Wow, you don't say! So that means that our Patreon family has actually had these bonus episodes for a little while now. Well, since the cheapskates, I mean, the general public are getting a treat on Friday, what do you say we give our Patreon family a little something extra too, Dave? 
That's a great idea. So also on Friday, black and white and weird all over, bonus episode six centimeter, which is part one of chapter four, Eat It video shoot, will post over on our Patreon page as well. That is such exciting news. Now, this whole completely natural and in no way contrived conversation has been great, don't get me wrong, but let me make sure I have this straight. On Friday, bonus episode 1 centimeter and bonus episode 2 centimeter of the Black and White and Weird All Over series are going to be posted through all our usual podcast channels. And also, bonus episode 6 centimeter will be posted for our Patreon family over on patreon.com slash 2000inch also on Friday. Yep, you got it. It's a black and white and weird all over Bermuda Birthday Friday. Woohoo! On Monday, August 16th, the Hollywood Chamber of Commerce honored Don McLean with a star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame in the category of recording. Don McLean is the man behind the iconic hit song American Pie, which is celebrating its 50th anniversary this year. And of course, Weird Al parodied this song in The Saga Begins, but that's not all. Weird Al was the guest speaker at Don's ceremony. Now, Al started off reading from a prepared bio, which, based on how he read it, I think he was forced to do that. <laughs> <laughs> and But then, afterwards, he spoke for a few minutes and told a story about his relationship with Don, American Pie, and getting permission for The Saga Begins, which was really awesome. And this is actually the third time in three years that Weird Al has spoken at a star ceremony. The first, of course, being his own way back in August 2018, and the second being for Lin-Manuel Miranda a few months later. There are so many reasons why it was appropriate for Al to speak at this particular ceremony, not only because of his connection to Don, but also because Don actually got the 2700th star on the Hollywood Walk of Fame. Now, this significant number did not go unnoticed by Al, who said he was jealous. Now, overall, this ceremony was a little disorganized. I mean, for example, they called up Don too early and they made him uncomfortably stand in the background for a really long time as other people finished up their speeches. And when Don finally got to speak, he said that Al had to change his schedule to be there. So we're thinking that this was most likely a last minute thing. And Joe wouldn't believe it. When they were introducing Al to the stage, they said his last name wrong. <laughs> oh, boy. <laughs> He's a walk of famer. Come on, you can get it right. It's spelled correctly on the star. We made sure of that. <laughs> and literally just sound it out. <laughs> There's nothing fancy going on. Anyway, if you missed the ceremony and you want to check it out, you can do so over at walkoffame.com. This coming weekend, Friday, August 20th through Sunday, August 22nd, is Fump Fest 2021, featuring guest of honor, Dr. Demento. Now, in addition to the great doctor, longtime Dementite Sulu will be there, as well as the guys from the Fump, tons of demented musicians, and a ton of demented fans. We are very proud to be one of the sponsors of the festival, and we are so jealous of our friends and listeners who will be attending. So please, don't leave us out. Let us know how it was. And if you are in the Chicagoland area or can be there by Friday, it is not too late to register. So be quick and register over at FumpFest.com. 
Tell them Dave and Ethan sent you. Weird Al was once again referenced on the game show Jeopardy, this time on the August 13th episode with guest host Joe Buck. Oh, did a contestant choose Potpourri for 100? Uh, not quite. They chose the category of Lost for 1200, and the clue was Art Fleming and Don Pardo were in the video for this Weird Al parody song. Oh, I know this one. What's I Lost on Jeopardy? You got that correct! You win a year's supply of Rice-A-Roni, the San Francisco treat! If you want to check out the full clip, Weird Al posted over on his social media. But that's not all! Weird Al was also referenced on yet another game show this week, NBC's Capital One College Bowl. This time the category was Mom and Dad's Music, Questions About Music from the 1980s. Alright, the question was, since he released Eat It, what parody singer had a Billboard hit in each decade from the 80s to the 2010s? Ooh, I know this one. What is I Lost on Jeopardy? Ooh, sorry, Dave. You did not get that question right. The correct answer was Weird Al Yankovic. Well, you know, I think I was thrown off by the category. Mom and Dad's music? Come on, seriously? Now, after they gave the answer, the host, Peyton Manning, he said, maybe jokingly, that Weird Al is one of Coop's favorite artists, you know, speaking about his brother, Cooper Manning, who he hosts the show with. And that's not all. Weird Al appeared this past week on Playtime with Hillis, a twice-weekly Zoom screening series of Rare Cinema. So Al was on, and he was paired with a screening of Ruthless People. Ethan, have you ever seen Ruthless People, for which the song of the same name was written and then parodied by Al? I have not seen Ruthless People. Have you, Dave? I have not seen it either. Well, we should have went to this event. (laughs) (laughs) At least one person on Twitter attended because they mentioned playing Quiplash with Al and host Aaron Hillis. So that event was either extra super cool or there was some secret after party. How much fun. Well, it must have been a quite a busy week for Weird Al and, and fans of Weird Al because Al also has popped up on the podcast Endless Honeymoon, hosted by Moshe Kasher and Natasha Legero. He was on for about 20 minutes, and this was their 121st episode. Now, wait a minute. Isn't this our 120th episode? Ooh, we're catching up. We're gaining on him, Dave. I, I think it's so cool that Al showed up on Moshe and Natasha's podcast. Dave, do you know who Moshe and Natasha are? Ethan, I think you already know the answer to that question. (laughs) All right, Dave. (laughs) Well, lastly, there's some exciting news for episode 71-inch guest Justin A. Martell and his Tiny Tim biography, Eternal Troubadour, The Improbable Life of Tiny Tim. Yeah, recently the audio version of his book was released on Audible, and the book is narrated by none other than comedian Tim Heidecker, known for his work on Adult Swim. And of course, as part of the Tim and Eric duo, who have certainly worked with Weird Al their fair share. So that is so exciting, and what a great way to experience that book. (laughs) Uh, Hey Dave, did you ever want to cover yourself in chewed up bubblegum and roll around in the dirt? No, not really. Did you ever get the sensation that you wanted to ghost direct a shot-for-shot remake of a 1930s musical number by Busby Berkeley in an Olympic-sized swimming pool full of lychee bubble tea? 
can't say that's crossed my mind. Well, what about weaving a cape of cruciferous vegetables and parasailing off the Gateway Arch in St. Louis during the halftime of the Settlers of Catan World Championships? Actually, that one's a yes, but I already did it last Thursday. If you answered yes to any of these questions, then you'll love Waiting for a Lunch Radio. Hosts Joe and Stashu serve up a free-form musical mixtape salad that will have you saying, Boy, I certainly find it enjoyable to listen to this program. Hear Waiting for Lunch Radio on Mixcloud and find it at waitingforlunch.com. Oh, uh, I have some exciting news. Oh boy, what? Our past guest... Friend, listener, Patreon supporter, and sponsor David Grant has launched his very own TikTok! Holy crap! That's amazing! I know, right? So, uh, what exactly is a TikTok? Oh, well, I thought you would know. I assume it's some sort of... clock? Wow, that's Sebastian Shepard. He's getting into the old clock game. Well, let me tell you, if you also have... A, uh, clock account. You can follow him at Seb, S-E-B underscore Shep, S-H-E-P. So I assume this TikTok is like movie phone. You know, you just call and it tells you the time. Dave, we don't call stuff anymore. That's called my spacing now. Oh, I always forget. So follow at S-E-B underscore S-H-E-P on TikTok and visit wolfinwool.com. Well, I can tell by the old TikTok on MySpace that it is time for this week's interview. Dave and I are absolutely thrilled to welcome a celebrity superfan onto the podcast. You will know him from so many things such as Freaks and Geeks, Inglorious Bastards, Wet Hot American Summer, Not Another Teen Movie. The list goes on and on. We are very thrilled to welcome Sam Levine. How's it going, Sam? Oh, it's wonderful. Thank you for that lovely intro. Uh, I really don't like the word celebrity. Uh, at, at least whenever it gets used to describe, you know, me. Like, I always feel like I am the farthest thing from a celebrity. And people, well, then what's a celebrity? I'm like, Paris Hilton is a celebrity. Okay? Kim Kardashian is a celebrity. They are famous for the act of being famous. I am an actor. An actor! Yeah, I act. I act for a living. I, I'm not a celebrity. All right, well... I'll consider you a celebrity just because you're in so many of my favorite things that I watch. And I think that counts as celebrity. Okay. Well, all right. If we're going by your standards, yeah. then okay, Ethan. Thank you. And anybody who is a big Weird Al fan in my book is also a celebrity. Yes. Oh, wow. So you must know a lot of celebrities. Yes. <laughs> I sure do. Every one of our listeners is a celebrity, by That's my right. definition. <laughs> well, we all have our own definitions of celebrity, it sounds like. <laughs> <laughs> I'm interested to know, Sam, just how you got into Weird Al. When was your first exposure to Weird Al? Um, that's a, a fine question, and I would venture to guess it started in the late 1980s, uh, probably with the film UHF. Yeah. Oh, cool. I, I feel like I, I feel like I only peripherally knew that Al was, you know, a musician uh, before I saw UHF, and uh, I was the perfect age. Uh, I think I was seven 
when when I first saw UHF in in '89, and uh, and so that was it. You know, I was like, oh, this is amazing. This is the greatest film I've ever seen. All movies uh, in the future of my life will be measured against this film. And uh, you know, and then I had an older brother, and I had. Uh, more uh, uh, evolved friends at school. And when I mentioned UHF, I think it was my friend Danny who said, oh, you know, I've got his, uh, uh, I got one of his albums. We, we, we can listen to it later if you want to come over. And uh, and so I had a play date, I think, at my friend Danny's house. And I want to say that's when I heard uh, Ricky. Oh, uh, cool. The first time. That may have been the very first Al song I heard after having been introduced to him uh, in UHF. <laughs> wow. So it sounds like you saw it in theaters. Is that accurate? That is almost certainly the way I saw it. Yeah. Uh, I, I vividly remember seeing it with my brother uh, and laughing our heads off. <laughs> okay. Now, as an actor, if you could be in UHF, go back in time, be your current self mm-hmm. in UHF, who would you want to play? I mean, it's hard not to want to to, to be at, at the very least David Bowes character. Yeah. Uh, cause yeah. he's there for so much of the cool stuff. Cause I certainly can't be George. Right. Yeah. Okay. You got to let Al be George and I'm not mean enough, uh, to, to be, uh, 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 is, is, is his name Kevin McCarthy? The actor? Yeah. I think it is. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yep. Kevin McCarthy. Yeah. I'm not mean enough to be Kevin McCarthy. Uh, you know, and, and uh, yeah, there's, there's no other role that I feel like an actor like me could do without mucking it up. Uh, <laughs> You know, but I've uh, David Bow, the the great David Bow. He was on an episode of uh, Freaks and Geeks, so of course, wow. when I met him there, the first thing I wanted to talk about was, "Hey, man, let's talk about UHF." <laughs> <laughs> and uh, you know, he was sure he was very affable about it. Um, you know, said there was a ton of laughs, and that's 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 how I would want to be in the movie. Is I wouldn't want to change anything. Right. I'd want to be able to just sort of uh, do my own thing. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Not not stick out. Now, you mentioned Freaks and Geeks. I mean, it's a classic show. I, I don't know if anyone watched it when it was actually on, but it be, it has become this incredible thing. That I really hope that there's plans or eventually a way to bring it back in some capacity. But I, I feel like being on Freaks and Geeks, it almost must have been a requirement to be a Weird Al fan. Were, were, were there other people on the set that you were talking about Weird Al with? That's a good question, and I don't think so. I mean, the truth of the matter is, everyone else on that show is actually very cool in real life. Um, <laughs> you know, they were they were all just acting. Uh, I was really just sort of playing a very close version of myself uh, on that show, to, yeah, to a certain degree. Yeah. Um, no, I mean, I know John Daly is a, 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 a an Al fan. I don't know if Martin Starr is, was, I mean, I'm sure, you know, there's no doubt everyone there is familiar with Al, has heard some of his stuff, but I don't know that Martin and I ever, like, talked about uh, Al the way I, I probably did with John. Right. Um, and Lord knows Paul Feig and Judd Apatow are fans of, of Al's. Right. Um, so I, I'm sure I discussed it with the two of them. Uh, but yeah, I remember, like I said, when, when David Bow was on set, that was, that was the first time a celebrity was on the show. As far as I'm concerned, someone from UHF is here. Oh, that's, you must've freaked out when you heard that, that he was coming on and you're probably the only person who freaked out that he was coming on. 
<laughs> I really did. Like the way you in a on a TV series, most of the time, the way you find out who is going to be on the next episode as a guest star is by reading the script. Um, when the when the script comes out for any TV show, when you uh, you open it up, it'll tell you the cast list, and then of course there's all the names of the series regulars you know and recognize, and then they'll always list the guest cast. And uh, when the script is in early stages, it'll list all the names, the character names of the guest cast. And then on the other side, Rick would normally write the character name. It just says, you know, TBD. Mm-hmm. Um, and so then uh-huh. you keep checking, you know, newer revisions of that script as actors get hired. And as they get hired, their names will begin appearing in that script. And so I remember seeing one of the scripts that finally started to have actors' names in it. And when I saw David's name, that's the first time I realized it. And I got very excited. <laughs> <laughs> but I didn't have any scenes with him. I didn't uh. have any scenes with David, but I remember I was so excited that I was going to be there on the same day he was shooting. So, uh, yeah, that's that's when I, I approached him and harassed him. <laughs> and, uh, yeah, and not and not to, obviously David has been in a million movies and, and TV series. Uh, but I remembered him, of course, also from uh, uh, Cable Guy, which right, uh, right. Know, Judd Apatow had a large hand in. And, uh, you know, he's right at the very end of the movie. He's the, the, the guy in the uh, in the helicopter, you know, flying the injured Jim Carrey out of there. Um Right. But I mean, you know, like he's just one of those actors. He's been around forever. He's been in five million things. Yeah. He's one of those guys that just never stops working. Oh, yeah. yeah. Uh, so, you know, I'm sure I wanted to bug him about other stuff, but it definitely <laughs> right off the bat was UHF. <laughs> and have you had any other experiences working with, you know, folks who have either been in UHF or, you know, are, are close to the Al? You know, I, I, I don't actually. Al and... Uh, David may be the only two actors from UHF I've ever had any real interaction with. Um, Never met Michael Richards. um, Never met Fran Drescher. Yeah, I mean, there's it's actually I take it back. I've I've met uh, 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 Getty Watanabe, Um, but uh, that was brief and not enough time for me to uh, (laughs) to to talk to him about Wheel of Fish. Right. (laughs) Right. So you see UHF, you hear the first album. At what point do you turn just from a casual fan into, you know, a real Weird Al fan? It happened very quickly. Um, I remember hearing uh, 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 Ricky and enjoying the hell out of it. And then we probably listened to a few other songs. Unfortunately, I don't, I, I don't want to, you know, make it up. I don't remember what else we listened to, but I know the first one was definitely Ricky. Yeah. And then, um, and then I, I, I want to say we got a cassette tape of, uh, let's see. It must've been, uh, it, uh, I, oh man, I really should have called my brother before appearing on this podcast <laughs> to ask him to help me get this story straight. Um, yeah, I, it might have been the Greatest Hits album. When did that come out? Surely one of you guys knows when Greatest Hits Volume 1 came out. That came out in, I believe, 1988. 88. So it, I'm, that, that's what my gut is telling me, that we just got the Greatest Hits album, because, uh, I mean, I don't want to say... Uh, like, oh, well, because every song's amazing, because they're all amazing, but that's, like, everything, everything I listened to was phenomenal. And I, is, 
Yeah, Ricky has to be on Greatest Hits Volume yep, 1. Yep, So I'm going to go ahead and say Greatest Hits, we're calling it Volume 1 just because we know there have been multiple volumes, but <laughs> I'm going to say that's, uh, that's that was the first one we got on cassette tape, and my brother and I listened to the hell out of it, and then, yeah. And uh, and we probably followed it up uh, not not long after with uh, even worse. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I'm going to say those are the first two. That's so great. <laughs> those are two great albums to start with, I'll tell you that. I mean, Greatest Hits is obviously has all the greatest hits. And <laughs> then uh, even worse with Fat, the amazing Fat video. How can you go wrong with that? Do you remember your first time you got to see the fat video? What was your reaction to seeing that? Well, I <laughs> I saw the fat video before I ever saw the bad video. <laughs> Same <Yeah. here. laughs> so I saw them out of order. So from that and that and boy, isn't that true of so many of Al's songs? If you're like me and you are not plugged into current music. The list of songs that I heard Al's parody of first, or heard Al's, you know, a uh, uh, polka version of first before hearing the real song, that is an endless list. That's exactly me, Sam. Uh, it, yeah, absolutely. Well, seriously, I'm like, I'll hear those songs come on the radio now, and I can't hear them the right way. Right. I only hear Al's version, you know, with the yeah. with the dramatic beats. <laughs> I don't know why that is, but I and I love that. I love it so much. And the same with for me with the polka medleys. I'll hear the original song and I and I'll be like, this doesn't sound right because it's not set to polka music, right? <laughs> cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation. No breathing. Don't give up. If I cut my arm breathing, I cannot hear. I cut my arm breathing. I can't. I cannot hear the real song ever. No. <laughs> so Sam. I, I know on Twitter you have revealed that you've seen Al live a number of times. Do you know the first time you actually saw him that is correct. in concert? As a matter of fact, I do. <laughs> uh, the first time I saw Al in concert, I can tell you the date. And this is, uh, I, I, I had to look it up because I wanted to get the exact date correct. It was on September 20th, 1996. Oh, wow. Okay. Yeah, it was on the Bad Hair Day tour at the, in the at the Beacon Theater in New York. Oh, okay, that's a great theater to see Weird Allen. It was a terrific theater. I can tell you by memory, it was a Friday night uh, because you oh you guys will love this story. So um, it was a Friday night that we saw Al there, uh, and I remember specifically because my brother and I both came home from school, uh, you know, miserable week of school, and. Um, we're just sitting down watching TV. It's three thirty in the afternoon, and we we live right outside of Manhattan in Fort Lee, New Jersey. And my mother says to my brother and I, "Hey, uh, do you guys have any plans tonight?" And the only reason that she felt comfortable and confident in asking that question, knowing we were both about to say no, was we were gigantic losers, <laughs> and there was not a chance that either of us at fourteen and sixteen had anything to do on a Friday night socially. Um, because we're both like, uh, no. And she goes, oh, well, I mean, I just have three tickets to see Weird Al at the Beacon Theater in the in the city tonight. I don't know if you guys want to join me. Oh, wow. Um, 
greatest mom ever. Greatest. Uh, oh, wow. <laughs> well, how <laughs> fast did you say mom. yes to that? Oh, it was, you know, I think, I think we started crying, you know, uh, <laughs> but I just love, I just love that she, she's so new. She was not rolling the dice there. There was no way we had anything going on that night. <laughs> this Friday night will be like every other Friday night these two boys have had for the last 14 years. They're losers. They are outcasts. No one makes plans with them. It'll be fine. I think we should be fair, though, uh, Sam. Yeah. If you did somehow have plans, I'm sure you would have canceled them to see Weird <laughs> Al, right? I might have. I don't know. Maybe maybe if I didn't have tickets, you know, already to see uh, Perry Como that night. I might have. <laughs> I might have had to go with my original plan. Just tell me if that's the first Perry Como reference you've ever had on the show. That is indeed the first. I think this is the first time I've ever heard the name Perry Como. <laughs> <laughs> okay all right that's what i strive for <laughs> that's hilarious so now you actually met al at this first concert you went to i did um so i uh you know we were we had not been to many concerts uh before that so we weren't concert pros or or anything uh, but the, the three of us drove into the city. We go and we see the concert. It's amazing. And then after the concert ends, you know, we're all kind of funneling out. And then my brother and I noticed that a line of people is now starting to form alongside the, the wall of the Beacon Theater back where the, you know, the side entrance, the artist entrance is. Mm-hmm. And... You know, we asked someone what's going on, and then someone who was obviously uh, a regular at Al's concert says, "Oh, Al usually uh, says hello to the fans afterward," and that's all we needed to hear. Uh, so we we turn to our mother, and she knows there's no way we're not going to wait in this line. Uh, she wants nothing to do with it. So she luckily there was a like a cafe or something um, right across the street, and so she says, "All right." I'm going into that cafe. I am getting a seat by the window so I can keep an eye on the two of you. You wait in this line. You go nowhere else. (laughs) And as soon as you are done, you come find me in that cafe. You got it, Mom. (laughs) So my brother and I get in this line. And, you know, we're, we're far from the front of the line. And we're standing there for what turns out to be like an hour and a half. <laughs> wow. It was, it was a good long while. Yeah. And the reason it took so long was twofold. One, I mean, I now, I know now, like you get off stage, you are a disgusting, sweaty uh, mess. <laughs> so Al, you know, has to cool off, take a shower, clean up post-concert. Uh, and then, you know, he needs a minute. He's a human being. Right. So Al takes some time for himself. And then, once he, you know, finally came out, he he doesn't give people the short shrift. Like, he says hello to everyone. He signs things. He takes his time to actually interact with all the fans. And, you know, he's got it down to a science now with the different levels of badges and everything. Right. But back then, man, it was the 90s. It was chaos. <laughs> and uh, so, you know, he's just sitting there like an absolute gentleman. They, they, they put it uh, like a card table you know, one of those foldable tables, like, in the doorway of the artist's entrance. So people are just coming up, 
and, you know, handing Al whatever they want him to sign, and he's shaking hands, and mercifully, this is 1996, so he didn't have to do selfies with everyone. Uh, So, you know, but he's spending, you know, a solid minute or something on, on every fan, so that's going to take a lot of time. So finally, my brother and I are like two people away, and I realize we don't, we don't have anything for him to sign. Um, <laughs> and I, I guess we pulled out our ticket stubs. Yeah. And so Al goes to sign our ticket stubs and, um, and then I couldn't help myself. And so I said, Hey, Al, I, um, I, I'm so honored to meet you. And I just, I have to tell you, um, I am a stand-up comedian here in New York and my sense of humor is so directly inspired by your comedy and the film UHF. It had such a profound impact on me that it is one of the reasons I, I'm pursuing a career in comedy. And Al says, wait, did you say you're a professional comedian? And I said, yeah, yeah, I do. I do stand up at, at clubs in New York. He goes, which ones? And I said, like, Caroline's and Stand Up New York and uh, uh, Comic Strip and... Uh, and he goes, that's amazing. Look, you're like a kid comedian. That's great. Good, good for you. What's your name? Oh, I'm Sam Levine. Oh, good luck, Sam. Good, good for you. Keep at it. And, uh, and so that, you know, that was everything I needed to, 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 to continue my, my pursuits. Cause I, I had been doing stand-up comedy at clubs in New York. I mean, I had a, you know, an agent or manager at that point. I'd started wow. when I was about 12 and, wow. um, and, and I was not, selling him a line like straight up UHF is one of the reasons I wanted to be you know a, a professional comedian and and so that's why I started doing my jokey jokes <laughs> and uh and so uh I I have to jump around here so uh now 3 years later in uh April of 1999 uh, I, I had just booked the pilot of Freaks and Geeks and flown out to Los Angeles to shoot the pilot. And the night we wrapped was like April 2nd or April 3rd or something. Uh, and after we wrapped shooting, uh, a bunch of us said, hey, it's still early. Let's let's go out and celebrate. We wrapped the pilot. Let's go to uh, Jerry's Bowling Alley in Studio City. Um, and so a large group of us go to Jerry's Bowling Alley in Studio City and... Um, that was a Friday night, I want to say, and, uh, the Drew Carey show, uh, also used to shoot on Fridays at the time, and I guess after they would shoot, uh, most of the cast would go out bowling to celebrate. Hmm. So we, the cast of, you know, the unknown pilot of Freaks and Geeks are out at Jerry's Bowling Alley, as is the cast of the Drew Carey show, and who but who was a guest star (laughs) on that episode of the Drew Carey show. Oh, wow. But one weird Al Yankovic. So (laughs) we are at Jerry's, and in the lane next to us is Drew and Ryan Stiles and Weird Al. Wow. And Mickey Dolan's, for that matter. (laughs) So I see all of them, and I'm trying to contain myself. And finally, when Al is sort of away from the group, uh, I walk over to him, and uh, I go to say, Hey, um, Al... Now, of course, Al has been stopped by many a teenage boy, you know, in the wild, uh, to say, "Oh my God, you're a, you're a, you know, you're Elvis to me." Yeah. Uh, 
But God bless him. He's always the nicest in the world. And hey, what's up? And I said, Al, um, hey, uh, uh, y- this is crazy. Um, we actually uh, met once before. My name is Sam Levine, and um, I'm a comedian and an actor. And then Al goes, wait a minute. The Beacon Theater in New York? Wow. Wow. This is th- over. This is like three years later. <laughs> and I was like, yeah. And he goes, the comedian. And I said, yes. And he says, what are you doing here? And I said, well, that's what I wanted to come over and tell you. I, I booked a pilot on this show and I'm here in Los Angeles and I'm shooting it and things are obviously going okay. And I'm still doing comedy. And I, you know, I just, I wanted to say hello. And, and he was so nice and so complimentary and just couldn't have been sweeter about it. And then my mother at this point had a camera And so, uh, you know, I harassed Al a a few minutes later and said, oh, can I get a picture? I feel bad I didn't get one last time. Sure. And so then that is the picture that I've posted online a couple times. Okay, okay. Is is meeting Al at Jerry's Deli uh, uh, in, in, you know, early 1999. Yeah. And uh, and so that was, I, I will forever be blown away by that. I mean, this is a guy who at that point... You know, how many thousands of fan interactions is he having in a given year at that point? Oh, you know? sure. Yeah, Countless. Countless. Just Countless. an endless amount. And every night at the tour, yeah. Every night on the tour, even just when he's out hanging out, you know, at the supermarket or whatever, people are always going to come up to him and say hello, and he's so nice and polite to all of them. And that has stayed with me my entire life, <laughs> that I met the guy one time, but I guess, you know, the whatever I said to him was so different, I suppose, from the usual <laughs> fan interactions he has that it stuck out. But I, I I, mean, I've met plenty of... Let me put it this way. I'm not going to name names, but there are other actors, other famous people, who I have met for the first time ten times, if you know what I mean. <laughs> right. <laughs> and you're already established at that point. You're not just some kid. But no, I'm talking like... <laughs> Famous people who I've had dinners with, not one-on-one, but like right. as a group. I've sat next to them. I have, you know, ridden in limos with them to events. <laughs> I have worked with. I have done scenes with. I've spent multiple days in a row with. And a year or two or three will go by, and I go to say hello to them, and they will reintroduce themselves as if it is the first time we are meeting. <laughs> So, just to give you an idea of how it usually goes, right. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> that Al had, knew exactly where we met. Wow, that was that will forever stay with me, and it just cemented him as just genuinely one of the greatest, the the greatest celebrities. Let's use the word. He is one of the greatest celebrities because I, I have to believe he could do that for a lot of people. That he would remember specific interactions he's had with with many a fan over the years. Sam, you, you've inspired me to, uh, tell, to tell a story of my own. So, you know, maybe just under 10 years ago, I'm out in L.A., and backstage at a comedy show, um, I'm, I'm there with my friend Gabe, and it's for, you know, we're backstage at Doug Benson's Doug Loves Movies, and I meet you mm-hmm. backstage. We're, we're just hanging out. I'm, you know, I'm just there as a friend of a friend 
of Doug's and, you know, we, we talk a little bit, but then like a week later, I'm at Festival Supreme, the first ever Festival Supreme, and I'm walking through the crowd oh, nice. and I hear from behind me, thanks, Ethan. And I, I like, I, I, it's so crowded. I, I don't know what's going on. So I just, I keep kind of trudging my way, pushing my way through the crowd. I'm like heading towards the, the lockers or something. And I just uh-huh. keep hearing two different voices. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Ethan. Thanks, Ethan. And I finally get to the lockers and I turn around like, who the hell knows me here? And it's you. <laughs> yeah. And and I'm like I'm just like I'm completely stunned because it's you. Uh, you've just been calling my name, thanking me. I don't know why you're thanking me. You're standing next to Kevin Pollock, mm-hmm. and I'm just like I, I'm yep. just like I'm speechless. I'm like what's going on? And uh, I was like, how how do you remember my name? Like it was a week later. I I would not have expected you to remember my name. <laughs> Well, you're very sweet, and if if you'd like, I can fill in the rest of that story for you now, so you don't have to go wondering the rest of your life. <laughs> sure. <laughs> okay, so here's here's what what's what. I definitely remembered meeting you, um, and Kevin and I, and you know our people that we were with, we had some stuff in the lockers. But you remember how unbelievably crowded that first festival Supreme was. It was insane. Like they, there's no way they anticipated that level of turnout. And man, everyone in LA showed up. And so you couldn't move through that crowd. <laughs> like Kevin and I were having a genuinely hard time trying to get our group back to the lockers. And <laughs> then I saw you out of the corner of my eye. Like you were just no holds barred, just bullying your way through the crowd because you had stuff to do and no one was going to stop Ethan. And I saw you doing that. And I was like, oh, I know that guy. I met him last week. That's Ethan. He clearly knows what's what. Let's get behind him like an ambulance cutting his way through traffic. (laughs) And so me and Kevin just got right behind you. But I remember it was so crowded. Like, I I feel like I almost had my hand on your back. Like, I wanted to stay so close to you as you were just cutting your way through. And so me and Kevin, we just go, thank you, Ethan. Thank you. Thank you, Ethan. And that was sort of, we were trying to let you know, like, don't stop. You're doing great. We're following you. This is terrific. Yeah. And you did. You got us right to the lockers. And we were so incredibly grateful. What an amazing chance you know, meeting of, of, of all of that. And I, I remember like, you know, obviously I, I, I just met you a, a week prior, but I'm just like kind of stunned that Kevin Pollock's also there. And I think you're just like, yeah, this is Kevin Pollock. And I was like, I, I know. <laughs> it <was> just, <laughs> well, it's so unbelievable. Uh, you know, that whole you, experience. When you're, when you're with your, your famous friends, you don't, you never <laughs> want to stop being polite. I always introduce right. everyone. <laughs> right. <laughs> Oh, man. That was so funny. So, not only Al, but you also are, are one to remember names. <laughs> well, you're very, you're very sweet. That, yeah. was, that was one of my better weeks. <laughs> I've, I've had plenty of bad ones. Make no mistake. Well, I'm going to uh, see if you can jog your memory again. I'm going to go back to the bowling alley. Do you remember what you bowled that day and what... More importantly, weird album that day. What the score? What the actual points I, were? I, I definitely do not remember either of those things. Uh, I was I was as disinterested in the bowling right. uh, as I could have been. I I simply wanted to celebrate having wrapped the pilot and see all the famous people, including one weird Al Yankovic. 
<laughs> that incredible. is totally understandable. Yeah. <laughs> I was also really excited to meet Ryan Stiles because at that time I, I wasn't necessarily, I hadn't really watched much of the Drew Carey show, uh, but I was a Whose Line Is It Anyway, the, the old oh, British version. Right, sure. You know, yeah. Huge right. fan of that. It is so great. <laughs> so obviously Freaks and Geeks got picked up. What was it like? It did. Was that your first, like, real acting job? Uh, oh, it definitely was my first real acting job, uh, so to speak, yes. I, I'd done a couple of tiny things here and there, you know, yeah. a couple commercials, and I, I'd been on an episode of One Life to Live, but in terms of, like, a meaty acting job, that was my <laughs> first big one, for sure. Mm. And that was, you know, that was great. It was, it was, it was the 90s. Things were good. Uh, I got it. It's what got me to move from northern New Jersey out to sunny Southern California. Oh wow! And uh, you know, shooting the show was was amazing. And and you know that that's that, that that's a gift that that no one can ever take away is is how special that show was to me and what it allowed me to do in my career afterward. All right. So was the next time that you met Weird Al, was that on the Kevin Pollack show or was was there interactions before that? Oh, no. Oh, no. There were a couple of interactions before that. Um, <laughs> so the next time I saw Al is, um, you know, in, in no particular order, it's so hard to rank all of the first, you know, the handfuls of times <laughs> I, I, I met him in those years. But this would have been probably around uh, 2001. Um, I was, I, I was doing, I think I was doing press for a movie or something, but I had to, I was going to go appear, uh, uh, on E, you know, the, 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 the network, right. the E network. Sure. Yeah. And, uh, and so they have offices, uh, on Wilshire Boulevard in LA and they share those, there's like studios there and they share them with a couple other sister stations or whatever. So, but they all have a shared green room, hmm. uh, kind of right off the lobby there. And so I was there with, you know, my publicist, uh, just sitting in the green room waiting to go do something. And then Al walks into the green room uh, because I guess he was there to do some other bit of, of you know, uh, a promotion. And I see him. And obviously, anytime you see, you know, Al in the wild, it's the best day ever. And uh, and so I see Al. And I get up to say hello, and I'm all ready to do the thing I always do, which is reintroduce myself, assuming everyone always forgets, no one knows who you are. And I get up to say, hey, Al, it's, it's Sam Levine, good to see you. And before I can, Al goes, hey, Sam, oh, man, I caught Freaks and Geeks. What a great show that is. Wow. Wow. <laughs> and so now, I'm ju- I just, I can't believe it. You know, five <laughs> years earlier... I'm telling this guy, you you are my inspiration, and five years go by, and he's telling me how much he's enjoyed, you know, my work, and and so to wow. me that was I don't I don't know that it will ever get any better than that in terms of <laughs> as I like to say praise from Caesar, um, but uh, yeah that was that was a fun one, that wow. was a fun one, um, yeah, That's and so we great. talked for yeah. just a few minutes before we had to go our our to our separate. Uh, you know, studios to do whatever we were doing that day. And then, um, yeah, and then I ran into him at, at like a, an, an outdoor party um, uh, a couple months after that. And we just talked for a few minutes. Um, and then I, I would just, I would see Al here and there at premieres, at parties. And it 
it wasn't a, it was never a, oh, let me reintroduce myself. It, it became like, oh, hey, Al, hey, Sam, how's it going? Oh, good, good. What are you up to? Oh, I'm working on this thing. And how about you? You working on the new album? Yeah, no, I'm taking some off time. We're going to go tour soon. Okay, great. Well, see you around. And that's sort of how it was for, for the next several years. And then I ran into Al at the, they had a small, uh, I don't know if it was a premiere or like a friends and family screening that Patton Oswalt did of the movie Big Fan. Oh, cool. Uh, that he's in. And he and he did it here in L.A. at the silent movie theater. And uh, Al was there. And this was right after we had just started doing uh, the chat show with Kevin Pollack, the oh, podcast. okay. And so when I ran into Al there... I, of course, was not going to miss the opportunity to say, hey, Al, uh, Kevin Pollock just started a podcast and I'm helping put it together. And oh, my God, you'd be an amazing guest. Is there any chance you'd come chat with Kevin Pollock and and me for, you know, a couple hours on a Sunday and uh, ever the affable guy? He said, sure. And so uh, that that was it. You know, we booked him on the show and and he showed up and was so generous with his time and. You know, we were lucky enough to have him on twice. Yeah. We had him on a couple years later. Yeah. Yeah. And, uh, yeah, no, Al, Al is, uh, you've heard him on podcasts, obviously. He's, he's great. And, yeah. and, and he tells terrific stories and he's always so generous in his answering of the same questions for the 5,000th time. <laughs> I mean, did you, did you guys go out of the way to not ask the same questions? A little bit. I mean, uh, I have to give credit where it's due. Kevin and uh, a gentleman by the name of Jason McIntyre, um, he was our head research guy. And, uh, and so, you know, he would do all this research and then he'd, you know, kind of call it down and then Kevin would go over everything and mm-hmm. figure out, you know, specifically what topics he wanted to cover. And we definitely went out of our way on that show to not have it be another interview show that right. will be identical to every other interview this person's ever done. So, yeah. um, yeah, for sure that, that was, that, that went into, account in you know when when figuring out what the topics would be right yeah now i saw a picture of you and al it's, i think it was like a charity event at um called big slick what was that about yes okay so big slick uh is a wonderful wonderful charity um it is uh based out of kansas city and it is a charity that benefits Children's Mercy Hospital of Kansas City, which, in addition to being a wonderful hospital that treats people of all ages, uh, one of their specialties is pediatric cancer. And they will treat pediatric cancer uh, free of charge if you cannot afford it. Wow. Um, they're one of only, I think, two or maybe three hospitals in the whole country that operate that way. And it's not just, oh, we'll, we'll treat the kids. They also take care of the family. They make sure that the, the families are looked after when you're going through such a, you know, a horrible, gut-wrenching, terrible thing. Mm-hmm. And they are the greatest people I've ever met. The people who work for Children's Mercy, the doctors, the nurses, the staff, uh, all the people who, who work there are my favorite people in the world. And uh, 10, 11 years ago now, um, that this charity, Big Slick Kansas City, was started by uh, five guys 
uh, celebrities, if you will, all of whom are from Kansas City, and they are, in no particular order, Jason Sudeikis, Rob Riggle, Eric Stone Street, David Koechner, and Paul Rudd. Wow. Mm. So this this is their charity organization. Mm-hmm. Uh, the five of them, all of their families still live in Kansas City. So it is all of those families who help make this thing a reality every year. So what those five guys do is each of them gathers up about 10 of their Hollywood friends. <laughs> and then for one weekend in the summer, all of us fly to Kansas City and we do this big charity weekend where we raise money for Children's Mercy Hospital. Whoa. And it's called the Big Slick Weekend. How cool. And, I mean, we we go all out on this thing. We do a, a you know celebrity softball game uh, with the Royals, or at least at Kauffman Stadium where the, where the Royals play. <laughs> um, we, ha- we do a... We yeah. used to do a poker tournament. Now we do a bowling tournament. <laughs> and... Uh, and then we we have a big uh, charity auction dinner slash show thing, and there's ways for everyone of every level financially to get involved and take part in the weekend. You know, there's stuff for people. If if twenty bucks is the best you can do, there's stuff for you to do uh, where you can participate in the weekend. And then obviously we got the crazy big ticket items at like this auction right. a couple of years ago. Paul Rudd auctioned off a Captain America's shield signed by all the Avengers. Whoa! Um, which it went for quite a bit of money, as I'm sure you can imagine. <laughs> yeah. Um, wow. And so so all of that money goes directly to, to, to Children's Mercy Hospital. And the last several years, we've raved, raised over $2 million uh, you know, per weekend great. that we've gone and done this thing. And that is not because we're awesome, but because the people of Kansas City are some of the most generous, wonderful people. And they love Children's Mercy Hospital, so they are happy to open their checkbooks but enough about all that you want to know about Al. So a couple years ago, I want to say 2014, I'd already been doing it a couple of years. And that was the first year Al got invited. And, you know, he was a newbie. I was I was a seasoned pro at that at that point when it came to Big Slick. So I sort of helped Al uh, you know, uh, navigate his way through the weekend, and okay, now we're gonna get some downtime, so rest up because everybody's gonna go until four a.m. later, and uh, <laughs> and that was the weekend that um, this was one of those uh, <laughs> this is one of those moments where, as as I described it to my brother, I want you to imagine if before uh, Michelangelo was finished at the Sistine Chapel. Like, before he was done in there, like, right before he was finished, he was like, Hey, uh, hey, Joe, you, you want to come take a look at this ceiling? Let me know if you think it, it's okay. <laughs> um, so here's what I mean by that. Okay. We're at the Big Slick Weekend, and it's 2014, and Mandatory Fun has not yet been released. It's a couple weeks away from, from dropping. <laughs> and Al and I are, you know, hanging out all weekend. We're talking. We're, we're talking about the new album and everything. He's telling me about the music videos and... You know how I think there's eight music videos that accompany that album. And we're on our way back from an event. We're headed back to the hotel where we're all staying. And we had like two hours of downtime. And right as we're getting off the the bus at the hotel, Al says, hey, do you want to see some of the videos for the new album? I was like, yeah. Yeah, Al. I think I do. (laughs) And so... So uh, we go to Al's room and he opens up, you know, his laptop computer. And then I'm just sitting at this table in his room. You know, he hits play and he's just like, 
standing behind me, kind of watching me watch it. And I watched the music videos for uh, Tacky, uh, Foil, and Word Crimes. Wow. Whoa. (laughs) And, I mean, it just keeps getting better and better. And I see the video for Word Crimes. It's the first time, of course, I'm also hearing all of those things. Right, right. And when Word Crimes finished, I looked at him and I was like, Al, I know you know I'm a fan. And I know you know I know your whole body of work. <laughs> this is next f- <gasps> level, dude. <laughs> like, this is amazing. <laughs> and, and you know, he's, oh, you're very sweet. You're very sweet. And then I wanted to know about the technical stuff, about right. the making of the video. Right. And, and, you know, and how uh, uh, tacky is, it's all one shot, as you guys well know. Yeah. And, you know, they did like eight or nine takes of it. And, uh, and so we talked about the tech stuff and then I just, I, I was like, I want to ask to, to watch word crimes again, but I don't want to bore you. <laughs> He's like, no, we can watch it again. And so we watch word crimes a second time. And, wow. uh, and I was like, all right. And so then, and so then here's my favorite part. He says, <laughs> um, he says, okay, but you know, obviously the album hasn't come out yet. So you gotta, you know, you can't. You can't talk about this. And I was like, oh, no, I won't. I won't tell anyone. And then I went, wait, can I at least tell my brother? And he goes, eh, can you keep it between us for now? And I was like, Al, for you, I will, I will violate the bond, the sacred brotherly bond I have with my Romax. And I kept to that. It was the worst secret oh. I ever had to oh, keep no. from my brother. Was that he knew I was hanging out with Al that weekend. And I couldn't tell him oh. that I had seen these videos and heard these songs. And how he was going to be blown away when he got to hear oh. word crimes. Uh, but like the minute the album came out, I was like, okay, I can tell you now. I can tell you now. Uh, <laughs> And, and to his credit, my brother was like, look, if Al asks you to keep a secret, you keep the secret. Right. So he got it. He understood. He yeah. wasn't hurt. Um, but, uh, yeah, that was that was that was my version of like, hey, uh, Joe, I don't know. Look at the ceiling. See, see if it's any good. Like he, he wasn't asking my opinion. Like if I had given him any, I don't think he was looking for notes, if you know what I mean. I think right. he was right. just being a nice guy and sharing what you know with someone who he knew was a big fan uh but just that i got to enjoy any of that you know when it was still in the secret phase is is a highlight for me wow that is incredible yeah that's incredible amazing okay we're gonna have to stop the interview right there for this week so make sure you tune in next week to episode 121 inch for the thrilling conclusion of our interview with sam levine Thank you so much to Sam Levine. I can't wait for everyone to hear the rest of his awesome interview. This week's episode is brought to you in part by Discover Darwin, promoting tourism in Darwin, Minnesota. Not only is historic Darwin, Minnesota, a beautiful, it's also time to celebrate. Wait, what are we celebrating? Last Saturday, August 14th, was the 30th annual Darwin Twineball Celebration. We're certainly not still promoting that, right? No, of course not. Don't be silly. Oh, well, that's a relief. Well, what are we celebrating? Why, the 31st annual Darwin Twineball celebration, of course. Oh, boy. It's never too early to start making plans. 
Let me guess. It's going to be the second Saturday in August again? Yes, sirree. The 31st annual Darwin Twine Ball celebration will be held on Saturday, August 13th, 2022 in downtown Darwin. So, Ethan, write it on your calendar and make sure to add it to your Palm Pilot so you do not miss it. Oh, no. Well, unfortunately, I left my electronic organizer in the other room. Dave, can you page me later and remind me? Will do, and I'll have our intern Frank send you a fax as well, just to be safe. Oh, thank goodness. So visit Darwin, Minnesota on your next expedition. Discover Darwin more than just the twine ball. And after you visit Darwin, Minnesota, be sure to visit discoverdarwin.biz. Well, this week's episode is also brought to you in part by vegan burrito restaurant Burrito Burrito in Troy, New York, home of the two-pound double-wrapped-in-a-quesadilla Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger in Albany, New York. Come on down to Burrito Burrito and Burrito Burrito your Burrito Burrito, or hop on over to Wizard Burger for mouth-watering, loaded, dare I say, beefy vegan burgers. From Troy to Albany to Uranus, Burrito Burrito and Wizard Burger feed the hungry with out-of-this-world, plant-based, real food, always vegan style. Visit burritosquared.com or wizardburger.com and order ahead. Each week, we're able to bring you our podcast absolutely free thanks to our sponsors, Burrito Burrito, Discover Darwin, Jackson Scoggins, David Grant at WolfandWool.com, and now TikTok, Joan Yvonne and or Stashew from Waiting for Lunch Radio, and Angel Valenzuela and David Cash. And thank you to our amazing close personal friend Patreon supporters, Kenneth, Jared, Jake, Javier, UH Jeff, Zeb, Allison, Blair, and Frank from the Bank. And thanks to Richard B. and everyone else in our pretty stinking majestic Patreon family. If you enjoy our family-friendly weekly Weird Al podcast, please consider supporting us at patreon.com slash 2000inch. Or by picking up some pretty stinking majestic official Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast merchandise. We just launched our brand new line of Discover Darwin logo products. Head over there. Grab them up. They are so pretty stinking cool. Check them all out at shop.2000inch.com. And remember, this coming Friday, be on the lookout for the first two episodes of the Black and White and Weird All Over bonus episode series, our special book series where we sit down with author John Bermuda Schwartz and we go page by page, picture by picture, centimeter by centimeter through his book, Black and White and Weird All Over. And also, Patreon family, look out for bonus episode six centimeter to drop on Friday as well. And as a reminder, Patreon supporters get to hear all bonus episodes early. We love hearing from our listeners and other Weird Al fans. So join our Facebook community and post about Weird Al by visiting group.2000inch.com. And we also love it when we receive voicemail via our 27-hour-a-day podcast hotline, 347 Spatula. You might even hear your message in a future episode. The 347 Spatula Hotline, the official hotline of Dave and Ethan's 2000-inch Weird Al podcast, is sponsored by the incredible Angel Valenzuela and David Cash, two amazing Weird Al fans and podcast supporters. For everything about our podcast, including incredible past guests and episodes, be sure to visit weirdalpodcast.com or 2000inch.com. Com. And keep up on new episodes, podcast news, and events by following at 2000inch on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. And thank you for subscribing and leaving reviews on Apple Podcasts, Podcast Addict, Spotify, Stitcher, or the podcast app of your choice.
Thank you once again to our guest, Sam Levine. And also, happy birthday to John Bermuda Schwartz. Thank you to the Grammy Award-winning Jim Kimo S for our incredible theme song. And thank you to Weird Al Yankovic, as this podcast probably would not exist without him. And a big thanks to all of you, our listeners, subscribers, Patreon supporters, and sponsors, and everyone else who makes our podcast possible. Thank you for listening to Dave and Ethan's 2000 Inch Weird Al podcast. Tune in next week for the exciting conclusion of our interview with Sam Levine. And always remember to gill and chill. Well, we did it, Dave. With this episode now complete, we officially closed out the first 10 feet of the podcast. Wow, that is so amazing that we have put out exactly 120 episodes to date. That's more episodes than the Weird Al show. Well... Yeah, I mean, it's technically true. The Weird Al show only had 13 episodes, so, I mean, you, you probably could have used a better example, Dave. Sorry, that's more episodes than Milo Murphy's Law. Uh, okay, getting better. Uh, Milo Murphy's Law has had 35 episodes, but, I mean, I wonder how we stack up against the classics, like The Brady Bunch and Gilligan's Island. Ah, uh, we beat them, too. The Brady Bunch had 117 episodes, and Gilligan's Island had 98. Wow! Uh, okay, well, how about Breaking Bad? 62 episodes. We shattered them. Dynasty? Nah, had a run of 64 episodes. The Munsters? Eh, 70 episodes. Mayberry RFD? Impressive 78 episodes, but it's nowhere near the amount we've had. The Sopranos? 86 episodes. Welcome back, Connor? 95 episodes. Ah, uh, the Partridge Family. Eh, 96 episodes. Elf! 102 episodes. Wow! Okay, so we have put out more episodes than all of those great TV shows. But what about the gold standard of television shows, The Muppet Show? Actually, they have exactly 120 episodes. Same as us. Aha! We're coming for you next week, Kermit the Frog. Yeah, but they go, Menomina. Oh, no. Well, we definitely haven't done that yet. All right. Get ready, Dave. Menomina. Doot-doot-doot-doot. Menomina. Doot-doot-doot-doot. Menomina. Doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot-doot. Menomina. That was Dave and Ethan's 2,000-inch Weird Al podcast, episode 120-inch. More episodes than out. And obviously, anytime you see, you know, Al in the wild, it's the best day ever. Menomina. Just tell me if that's the first Perry Como reference you've ever had on the show. Menomina. Cut my life into pieces. This is my last resort. Suffocation. No breathing. Don't give up. If I cut my arm breathing.